You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two, Heroin, for updates. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gentlemen. majestic and resolute where you pursue your dreams with hard work dedication sacrifice discipline and passion but above all it's respect for what the ice can do for you it was always my goal to make it to the nhl since i can remember i wanted to be a hockey player when you're hot you're hot really bold with his fourth goal of the game and the Kelowna rockets having a whole lot of fun tonight But the ice and all its majesty can hit you back when you least expect it. An injury, my first year pro at 21 years old, led me down a dark path to Oxycontin. Shortly after that, I found myself addicted to heroin and not playing hockey. Demons hide in every corner. They can take everything away from you. Everything you worked so hard to achieve. And before you know it, the demons own you. Ultimately, I became homeless on the streets in Vancouver on Hastings, which is widely known as the worst block in North America. Brady Leovold was on the edge of realizing his dream of playing in the NHL. Then he lost it all to drug addiction. I was hiding a dark secret. These are real stories about pain, loss, and genuine people. The sad truth of it all, success comes with a price. Wanted to die any time that I was in the psych ward, tried to commit suicide. Welcome to the Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery podcast with your host, Brady Leavold. I'm grateful, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I have only a path, I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win. I want the real stuff, everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad, I'm gonna show you where it's at Yeah, how you can get it back Oh, welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery This is episode number 54 You know this is Bradley Old coming at you guys live From Utterson, Ontario I get teary-eyed just thinking about how grateful I am uh, listening to that song, living in Muskoka, uh, battling, uh, overcoming all the shit that I've had to deal with. Um, not only me, uh, but my family as well, uh, including my dad. So I just want to give a shout out to my dad. Thank you, dad, again, for joining me uh, on episode 50 and 51 and for all the shit uh, that I put you through. Uh, wow. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's... Uh, I don't know how you did it, Dad, uh, but thank you so much, guys. And thank you so much, whether you're watching live on Facebook or possibly even live on YouTube. Uh, if you're not watching live, uh, it's my hope uh, that you're watching or listening, rather, on the Hockey Podcast Network. Guys, you can check them out anywhere on social media, at Hockey Podnet, and, of course, their website, www dot the hockey podcast network 
NHLTV.com. Guys, they have 31 podcasts, one for every single NHL team. So even if you're not one of the two NHL teams left vying for Lord Stanley's Cup, uh, don't worry. We have a podcast for you uh, as well as other podcasts. I talk about all the time, Terry Ryan's podcast. Give it a listen. He's got a new episode out with Sportsnet's Ken Reed. Uh, They're very good friends, guys. Uh, Give it a listen. Uh, It's a great episode. And he's also coming out with a new book. Uh, I'm waiting uh, for the copy of the first book. He's uh, just sent it to me the other day. So thanks, Terry. Um, Looking forward to reading that, guys. Make sure you check them out uh, at HockeyPodNet. Guys, other than that, uh, I don't really have too much else to say uh, in the intro. Uh, other than uh, you know, you know that this episode is proudly, proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger, a community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, go to their website, check it out, teamissued.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. You can check me out right now. I got a red Team Issued snapback hat on, the purple active Team Issued wear shirt. Uh, I got everything Team Issued, guys. There's one of their snapbacks. Uh, I was also just able uh, to order uh, my stepdaughter uh, from, you know, a past relationship. I'm not going to get into it. Her name is Lily, but we love her dearly. And uh, she was up here actually spending time with Taylor, which was so nice. You know what I mean? It's uh, from a past relationship that I was in. But, you know, kids are involved. um, And Lily, uh, love you lots. And Dalton, her brother. uh, But Lily was able to uh, get her team issued package in the mail today. Uh, so that was great and uh thank you to taylor for bringing lily out just this past weekend when i was uh, up in ottawa playing hockey i wasn't even here and taylor brought her here so taylor thank you so much Uh, i know uh, lily had such a great time with her friend tristan um how can you not when we live in such a beautiful place uh like muskoka but guys make sure you check out teamissued.ca and promo code toedrag15 to get 15 percent off your total purchase. Okay, guys. I think uh, without further ado, I mean, we could just do it. We can get right in uh, to episode 54. Yeah, count them. 54. Let's do it. And here's a fight off the draw. And I believe this is our friend James McEwen. Yes, it is. We're going to fight in Sun Rocket territory, James McEwen. We've got another fight here, and it's James McEwen. Now fight, it's going to be McEwen. Right away after the puck drops, we're going to have a fight, James McEwen. And now another fight here. McEwen's going to go at it here. Come on, get in. 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 Get in.
McKillen. Oh, James McKillen. His role, he's like, I can't stay here unless I fight. Were you aware that he was suffering concussions? None, no. 33 retired NHL players ranging in age from 34 to 71 years old took a series of tests. Researchers found that 59% experienced some psychiatric disorders. Those disorders include depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. Within the next hour, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League will vote yay or nay for a fighting ban. Whether fighting gets tossed or not, as CTV's Kyle Moore shows us, the discussion alone seems to be an indicator of a bigger shift in the game. They are the most feared players in the NHL, whose role isn't scoring goals, it's knocking out the opponent. They're enforcers, scouted, drafted, and put on the ice for one thing, to fight. The NHL will tell you it's an integral part of the game. But the death this past summer of three NHL heavyweight fighters have cast a shadow over the sport. And they've prompted other players to speak out, describing a dark world of anxiety, sleepless nights, and depression. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's a rush. You know, it's a rush for, for everyone in that experience. And it, it creates you know, an adrenaline, a high for the fighters. It's um, it's quite the experience when you have you know, 10,000 people or or more screaming and cheering, and all all that energy is being directed towards you know these two people who could be squared off at at center ice. You know, we'd, you'd hear about concussions and big knockout hits and how it's hard for guys to come back sometimes after that, but. Also, the sustained, maybe not as hard impacts to the head, like multiple punches and things like that. So I think brain health is very important because it is tied in with you know, the way that we perceive the world, the way that we function. Um, the brain is, you know, the brain and the heart are probably one of the, some of the most important organs in the whole body. We need those things. I went through some transformational experiences that really shifted my consciousness. I was about 24 years old and um, I was playing um, in the minors in South Carolina and I had this uh, experience where I was fighting on, on the ice and um, you know, dropped the gloves, center ice and it, it, everything kind of slowed down and you know, I was getting punched once in a while. Kind of ducking and dodging and throwing some punches and but it was really slow and i remember you know thinking like i feel like i'm punching myself in the face like i'm punching this other guy i feel like i'm fighting myself and and it was a really surreal experience and you know i i, I after the fight you know I, I went to the penalty box or to the dressing room and i seen all the fans cheering but it's like everything was like slowed down as one of these kind of surreal experiences this is, you know, what I've done for so many years, but this, this didn't feel in alignment with my, my heart, with my soul, with, with my being anymore.
the whole thing with concussions is like you know what we know now to, uh, what we know now is to be a concussion and what we knew then is different this is kind of a, a topic that is tough because I want to be a part of the hockey world and and like this will piss owners off you got to be pissing owners off in the CHL with this class action lawsuit well Leo that this is a pretty loaded loaded question it's an important topic very important topic yep. I've had a lot of support from NHL alumni um, around this uh, around this lawsuit let me tell you it, it was not easy to do because I knew um, it would ruffle feathers so the question I had to ask myself first off the reason why I'm doing it why I decided to go forth was you know two reasons one was to bring change in the game and then also the other one was to um, protect uh, players and families um, who are going through this now because CTE and the effects from it are, are not found usually in, in, until you know now hockey and now you're going to junior hockey here like do you realize how many times you put your head at risk for what what did you get back I want to know like was it was it worth it guys thing himself james good what's going on buddy hey brother how are you hey man i'm doing well i got tears in my eyes again are we lagging a little bit uh yeah we might be we might be um wow that intro man holy smokes that <laughs> i got tears too man <laughs> hey man listen thanks for uh Thanks for doing this again. This is your, uh, this isn't your first go around on Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery. You were one of the first guests way back on episode number five. A little different this time around, isn't it? Wow, Leo. Like you've, uh, <laughs> it's been incredible to see the, the evolution in your podcast and in such a short time. Like it's, you've, 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 you know, crushed 50 podcasts since I've been on and, you know, to see all the technology and everything, how you have it set up here, it's, uh, man, it's, it's incredible. Um, uh, really, really happy for you. And I'm, man, I'm inspired to hear your story. And, um, you know, when you reached out and contacted me again to want to do another podcast, I was, uh, you know, I was thrilled, man. I love, uh, I love what you're doing. I love, uh, you have such a gift, um, for, um, asking questions and, and, and talking and, and getting stories out of, you know, so many incredible people. You've had, you know, a lineup of so many great guests. I've tuned into a bunch of your podcasts. And you know what? It, it's, uh, it's, such a, it's, it's such a gift to be able to um, bring um, a diversity of, of, of people, share it, you know, with different messages and different stories that, that can have an effect on all, all the listeners. So thank you. Uh, thank you again so much for having me on uh on your show uh, it's an honor oh man you're welcome anytime and uh 
you know, before we get uh, into the the nitty gritty, uh, we got we might as well talk a little bit a little bit of hockey. I thought this was a pretty cool moment. What do you think of this moment? Right, that's at the that's at the the conf, you know what I mean the Stanley Cup Finals guy we played with, uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, you know we played with with Benny, we played with Luke Shen, um, both guys. Uh, there they are in their Kelowna Rockets uniforms, and and obviously now, um, you know having very successful careers, and, and maybe not exactly the way Shenner had hoped, but hell, he's uh, three wins away from a Stanley Cup, and and so is Jamie Ben. So. Um, you know, before I let you speak, I just want to say that there was a time when I really had a hard time watching hockey and, and just accepting the fact that, you know, guys I played with and, and whether I thought they were better than me or not, um, I was almost jealous and envious. And it took me a long time to be able to accept that. It was like, okay, you know what? And I'm actually happy now and I'm okay. And I'm actually proud of these guys. Um, and I'm okay to be able to say that I had those feelings. And I, I think maybe that's a, it's got to be a natural feeling as a competitive athlete looking, looking and just, you know what I mean? We, we work so hard to get there, but now um, at, you know, 33 years old, I'm able to say, Hey, you know what? Things didn't work out. And, and you know what? This may be the closest uh, I get to a Stanley cup is in the finals is having two former teammates play. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, James. Yeah. First off, I'm uh, I love seeing those, you know, seeing, seeing that banner and, and Shenner are, uh, you know, are where they are, you know, that's like, uh, you know, the pinnacle of what, uh, of what the dream of, of, of a hockey player growing up in, in Canada is. And, you know, um, both these guys have, you know, worked hard and, and, and been through a lot and to get to where they are. So, um, I'm so happy for them and it's, uh, um, you know, an exciting time, um, and it's it's pretty cool to to be able to you know put on the look you know look on the TV or, or or on the computer and see that you know they're both a few wins away from from the cup. So uh, yeah, so so happy for both of them. Yeah, I mean it's pretty cool, right? I mean you know it it kind of blew me away, you know just. You know, you know, I, even though I watched Ben play for over a decade, I was there his first game in Vancouver and he scored his first goal. I was with his parents, which was really cool. Uh, obviously, he's won an Art Ross trophy, but there's something uh, when it comes to the Stanley Cup. Uh, when when I saw him there lining up, getting introduced and, you know, he's fighting for the Stanley Cup. But never mind the Art Ross trophy as the, the leading scorer. Um and the Stanley Cup is not an individual award. It's still a team award, but he's just one of many on the Dallas Stars. But to me, uh, I almost broke down in tears because it's like, wow, you know, like, because you understand how hard these guys work to get there. You know, that some guys play 10, 15 years, never even get a, a chance to play in a final, let alone win, James. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 it's a it's a journey. And um, yeah, you know what? It's a, it, I remember when, when Benner first came to... Um, Kelowna I think I picked him up from the airport and uh he stayed at my house uh for the first few days until he got set up with his billets and uh you know he was just like a quiet young guy coming in from Victoria and um I didn't I didn't really know like you know who he was or you know he's coming in from junior at the time and he came and stayed you know a few nights at at, uh, at my dad's house where I was you know living and um with Ed. 
with Eddie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were playing, get, got him set up on Tony Hawk because, you know, I was the veteran on the team at the time and he was, you know, coming in as, you know, as a rookie at the time and, uh, you know, quiet guy, didn't have too much to say. And I was like, okay, well, you know, get him, get you set up on some, some PlayStation and some Tony Hawk. And then, um, you know, seen him in practice and, and then not until we seen him like really in a game as like, holy smokes. And when you, uh, Longer and him were on a line, it was, uh, man, it was incredible. Longer had that season of over, over a hundred points and, and Benner and, and as a rookie and yourself were, were lighting it up. And it was, uh, man, that was something to watch, uh, you three on the ice. So, um, time flies and it does not seem like, I don't know, it's over, it's over 10, like it's almost 13 years ago now that that, that yeah. ha happened. It's crazy to think, but it really, really flies. And, um, yeah, so pumped for Benner and, you know, Shenner, I've seen a lot, you know, uh, a lot more of Shenner. I've seen, you know, uh, Benner a few times in, in the off season, but, uh, so happy for Shenner. You know, I know the past couple of years he's been up and down in the minors and, um, you know, he's, uh, it's been really awesome to see him as a, you know, as, as a player, but more so even as a, as a person, he's just like, um, you know, a great guy. Like, um, he would, uh, he, he would come and train in the gym where I'd be, where I'd be training and training my players out of in, in Kelowna. And, you know, just brought such a, such a humble guy and such a, um, you know, su such a caring guy. And so, um, it's great to see him there, you know, at, you, um, yeah. both of them. And so, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy, happy for both of them. And, um, yeah, I could go on, on for a long time about it, but both great guys and, and just, you know, really wish them both the best. It's, it's, it's really cool to see your former teammates there, you know, because, yeah, you know, just, we're, we're, it's like there, there is a part of us that is there, too, you know, where it's like, you know, even though it was 13 years ago, we, you know, we uh, we all sweat and we bled together. You know, we, yeah. we, you know, we put our part of our souls and our hearts, you know, connected at that time. And, and it's, you know, there, there's that love and that that brotherhood there that that never dies. So it's. uh yeah. It's amazing to see, it's, see we're there. It's kind of fitting now. Now that we sit here, I was just thinking about this, and um, it, you know, I was saying how like we, you know, living through these guys, whether one of them lives, that'd be the closest. Well, do you remember like when uh, our twenty-year-old year, Shenner played for Team Canada and won the gold, and we went as a team to pick him up from the airport, mm -hmm. and that to me uh, was like the closest I ever came to winning a World Junior gold. And then Ben went the next year and won, though we weren't on the team. I was still talking to him. Uh, quite a bit and was pretty close to them so it was like kind of almost won it twice and now they're in the finals uh playing against each other so it's like you know what i mean those two guys brought me closest to the world junior gold and now it's kind of fitting that these two guys are, are bringing us closest to the the stanley cup so it's kind of it's kind of funny but uh who, who are you rooting for if you had to pick one team never mind never mind a guy we're not picking like shen versus ben we're picking a team who do you think is going to win uh, in your opinion, never mind on who you hope for. Uh, I bet your best hockey judgment. Who's gonna win, James? Really, I don't think I don't think I'm in a place to make that call right now. I haven't uh, I haven't followed too closely over over the season, even the playoffs. Just kind of watching the highlights once in a while. So 
I, I would, uh, I, I don't think I'm in a place to really make that call. I know like, you know, just seeing, um, the guys in the lineup, I, I know more guys on Dallas. Um, I played with Joel, uh, Joel Hanley in Gwinnett. He scored, uh, he, he sniped yes. one. his first, his first game in the Stanley cup finals, he sniped. And then also, uh, Blake Como, um, you know, former Kona Rockers and, you know, uh, an right. incredible team, team guy and, and, and veteran in the league. And, um, so I, I know more, more guys on Dallas. I, I, you know, I, I know Shenner on, on Tampa, um, and, um, know of a few players there, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wuss out here and just say, you know, no comment, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's going to be in it, you know, definitely an entertaining series. And, um, yeah, I, for, for me, it's like, I, I'm just, uh, you know, going to enjoy to see, see it play out. Yeah. I'm going to quickly say that I'm, I'm going for Dallas. Uh, I just really like to see there's a couple other guys on the team, like Pavelski and Perry. They're, they're at the end of the careers. I'd, I'd really like to see Pavelski win. And I mean, Hadobin's playing great. And, and honestly, um, Tampa, um, again, I just, there's something about, even though I played in that organization, there's just, they kind of been choke artists and, Though they're playing well, they 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 might win. I would just really like to see the green uh, raise the cup. But I wanted to quickly touch too. There's been a lot changed since the last time you've been on the podcast. I'm hoping no, like I, but the next time you're on, I'm happy to say I'll, I'll mention again that I'm going to have tea. Uh, I'm going down October 1st. Um, just want to give a shout out. Thanks to Rob McDougall uh, and Raymond Salinas and also another angel. I'll just call him an angel because I, I don't have his name right now, but I'm going to meet him when I go down there. They're they're paying for my teeth. And uh, it's been amazing. It's kind of been hard to to get in touch with the WHL and to just make things happen. Like they haven't been totally unreasonable since I've been asking again, but just, um, uh, you know, it's a topic for another, another day on, on that. I just want to give a shout out to, to the people that making it happen. So the next time you see me on video, hopefully I'll have teeth and, and I won't look uh, like so much like Bobby Clark or a, a drug addict, or maybe a little bit in between. I'm not really sure. Anyways, I'm just happy that I'm going to have my teeth back. So, I want to dive right in because uh, you and I have, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together on the bus as 20 year olds. We sat in the back of the bus together. Like literally you sat in the very back and then I sat on the other side, which was literally like six inches this way and over on this side. So it was like me, you and, and then Westy or whatever. And uh, so, you know, we, we, you know, confided in each other and, and you had a really uh, tough year that year um, through injury. You got stepped on in a fight and we talked about it on the last podcast and, uh, you know, we're prescribed, you know, some minor pain med- medication, just the normal kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, that was a, a pretty difficult time for you in a different sense that people may not even understand. I don't think I really had a full appreciation for it as a as a as a teammate for sure and i apologize for that but also i think maybe um the league uh, the management and not necessarily the clone rockets i just think uh the culture around it uh, could do a better job uh surrounding themselves around you know players especially in their 20 year old season when you go down like that and you were the captain of the team of the hometown team just a, a terrible uh, freak accident and uh you know there wasn't a ton of support uh available for you um and uh i just wanted wanted to ask you um now looking back back, how were you really feeling during that time yeah that was uh that was a devastating time um 
it it uh it was hard because like up in that time you know there were small injuries and um could always just bounce back and that was really like the first time in my life i realized i wasn't you know invincible and you know having all those fights and um you know sometimes even getting close to being knocked knocked out and sometimes being knocked out but just getting back up and and going and going and going and then all of a sudden when you know your tendons are sliced and you can't move your hand it's just like you know there's that warrior spirit that is just like well whatever i'll just play one-handed right? but it <laughs> yeah. doesn't really work that way so i had to take take the time to rest and um but i remember that that's the time i really you know through that um that injury um and after the surgery and i that's the first time i started having um depression and uh and yeah. where it really kind of started to stick and um you know would have even those uh thoughts of suicide and um yeah it's um it it it's clear clear in my mind that you know it was uh it was challenging and you know like it's it's uh but quickly, like I got, you know, I got uh, focused on just wanting to heal and stay in shape. And, but it's, it's a, you know, tendons are a long drawn out process. And so, um, you know, I just, I had it as my goal to work, to, to be healthy and ready to go um, for the end of the season and playoffs, which ended up happening. So yeah, you know, that, that was, that was good. That was. Uh, and yeah, and you uh, came back and you were a huge part. You're like our, our, one of our top PK guys in, in the playoffs and, and down in the, in the stretch there, which was huge. And that was great when we got you back, which was because, you know what I mean? When you lose your captain and, and by far the heart and soul of the team, and I'm not just saying this, I'm talking to you. That's a devastating blow, especially at, ju at the junior level, because you know what I mean? There's a lot of young guys, I think at 16 and 17, maybe even 18 year old that definitely felt a lot more comfortable when guys like yourself and myself were on the ice at 20 years old and definitely you saw so more than me. Cause I know I felt more comfortable on the ice when you were playing or when you were on the bench. So, I mean, that, that sort of goes without saying it, it kind of factors in, in, in the dressing room. Like you, uh, you can't replace a guy like you in the dressing room and, and people may not understand that, but if guys have played with you, they, they will understand that. And that's a testament to you, James. But, mm. you know, like, I just remember like, you know, as kids and, you know, looking back on it, I can, you know, and we've spoke about it. I can totally pinpoint, you know, like, and I remember you actually talking about on the bus about, you know, being depressed and stuff, but as far as opening up and, and sharing that in an open environment in a team setting or with the coaches or with the management um, on a personal level, and if you, just your opinion on on the general stance of players uh, in the hockey community and the hockey community on a whole, where 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 are we with that? And and with the open door policy, are, are people comfortable talking about these things? Were you? Um, and if you were going back in it now, uh, do you think like obviously now that you're older, would you be more comfortable? Would you be um, doing things a little differently? Obviously, you would. But do you understand what I mean? Like, hmm. where are we, and and what can we do to change it all, James? Well, I think now, like from where we're at, where we were at, to where we are now, I think we've come a long way where there's, you know, there's more talk about it. It's more open, you know, social media, I think Facebook just came out when uh, we were, 
when we were playing there. So I think I just opened a Facebook account. But with the information that comes on social media, all the information that's more widely available, where it's not now mental health is more of a regular talk. Before it it wasn't really. And um, you know, with um the staff that we had in Kelowna, I, I really feel we, we had an awesome staff. Like I, I, I really have a lot of respect for, um, for the coaches that, that we had and, um, and, and did, um, you know, I, I, I feel like with everything that was available, like they were, they were there and everyone had a job to do and we wanted to, we wanted to, we wanted to win and be the best team. And, um, when something unexpected like that happens, um, you know, like we had, we had the team, the team pasture there where we had chapel every, every couple of weeks. And I remember having a couple of meetings with him and which was helpful. And, um, I think too, like I was, uh, you know, when like the depression and stuff, I didn't really even realize it was really depression or even when these thoughts started to come in, it was just kind of like a, a lack of, of awareness at the time. And, and it's kind of being, you know, when that, that stuff starts to creep in, it's kind of like being blindsided because you don't really know what it is. And it, it, it starts gradually. And, you know, you think, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm a little bit up down, but obviously you're going to be down. Like it's normal to go through a fluctuation of emotions and, you know, from sadness to grieving to, um, you know, there's different processes of it. And I think, uh, I think it's important to, just like we see the physical training has evolved so much like performance training, everything's come a long way in 10 years. Absolutely. Um, um, but the mental game and the mental health is, uh, it's not just a little bit important. It's, it's, uh, it's crucial. It's, it's crucial. And so I think having, having those support systems in place even more so is good. Like having like, you know, whether it's a, a team, you know, counselor or psychologist or, um, just there's a lot of tools that, that, that you can have in place, but I think having the conversations now, even what we're doing here and having former players come out and talk and knowing that um, you're not weak for talking about it. And it's actually, you know, the suppressing and masking it, um, which can be done in so many other ways, which becomes really unhealthy. So having these conversations is huge. And I think for the generations coming up, say, seeing that, man, these are former players either and hearing, you know, some big profile guys talk about it too. And and the more we can have these conversations out there and people can feel safe to, to talk about it is, is huge. And um, it's, it's important that there's a safe in, environment and um, that the stigma. And I think, I think that's going out, going away or gone, but you know, that um, if you think you're weak, for having um, depression or mental illness or um, it's, I think that's an, you know, that, that's, that's unhealthy to, to start thinking it's weak and it just can add to hiding it. And then it becomes, you know, if it's not addressed, um, it can add, it can build up and build up. And um, so I think being able to cite it early and starting to uh, cultivate um, health, you know, just like cultivate healthy bodies with nutrition, exercise, we need to uh, cultivate uh, mental health too. And that's something that's not just, you know, that's not just a fluke. It's, you know, it's a, it's a discipline and it's things that we can start teaching kids um, 
at an early age and not just in junior, but even before junior, getting these habits of, be, of, of how to cultivate mental health. And that's one thing we uh, really, uh, I'm really happy and grateful to, to give back in, in, in our camps is one thing um, with uh, my brother and I have a, a hockey, uh, hockey training, hockey school company called Infinite Ice. And um, we do, we do on ice training, mentoring, and then also in our camps, we teach a lot about mental health and, and teach players the skills um, to cultivate um, mind, body, spiritual health. Yeah. And we spoke about that and you were this summer, even with eight. And I think they would have been even more uh, given the circumstances you had to limit the numbers. But I think James listen, like, thank you. Um, I'm not going to the camps myself. I'm not benefiting, but I want to thank you um, for future generations, just for the hockey community, because I too plan on doing the similar things because, you know, the on ice piece is, is one one small i mean yeah it's a big piece but it's just one piece and then you know okay so we think off ice and and parents okay in the gym training in the gym training that's off ice okay sure that's one piece too uh the mental side if you do not have the mental side and the tools to deal with the the pressures and uh, the competitiveness and and the ups and downs of uh, of defeat, whether it's personal or through team defeat, like you're not gonna have a successful pro hockey career. And I think, and then when that doesn't happen for a lot of guys because they don't have that maybe the mental side, say for a guy like me, um, then everything else falls apart and their life falls apart because. They have nothing else to fall back on or, you know, like a guy like me, I just, I really felt like my life was over. Hockey was gone and that was it. And and I'm not alone on, on this. Like it's guys that play for 15 years. I talk about it all the time. Guys that play NHL for 15 years, when they retire, they still struggle with finding medium purpose and things with mental health and suicide addiction. And I mean, I don't think we'll, James, I don't think we'll ever be able to stop these things because even outside of hockey, mental illness and addiction and all these things are very real and very prevalent. Um, but I think hockey and sport are supposed to be the things to keep us away from these things. You know what I mean? To to help as a tool to, to cope with addiction or cope with mental illness. And so when the pressures start to creep into these things that are supposed to be relieving for these kids and stuff, I mean, man, it can be overwhelming. And uh, I know I just quickly, I want you to jump in here, but I know for me, and I spoke about this with, with several guys and girls that play hockey, uh, we often, I know I did, uh, stuff my feelings down and uh, kind of minimize the way that I'm feeling based on what you said earlier the warrior mentality. Um, you know, I can't feel like this. I'm a hockey player. I'm a warrior. Like, you know, uh, yeah, sure. My head's ringing. I got a concussion, but I can't see anything. I'm a hockey player. I'm a warrior. You know what I mean? It's dangerous, James. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a shift in consciousness that we're, we're needing to see because, um, as soon as we start bringing competition, like high, high competition, then it starts to change. And then we start bringing money into it, starts to change. 
you know, because then it's becomes like, you know what, if I speak up about and show weakness, then maybe I'll go lower in the draft or I'll get a little bit less of my contract. Um, there's this uh, great article that came out. It was a, uh, a goalie. Um, I forget his name in the NHL. And he came out talking about his bipolar um, disorder. Was it Robin Leonard? I th- because Robin Leonard from the Vegas Golden Knights, sorry to cut you off, but the, the newest documentary, NHL in the Bubble, uh, which is great. I suggest anybody watching. Quick shout out uh, to Mark Stone, who uh, was wearing a team-issued hat uh, uh, in the bubble in the documentary, which is pretty cool. Uh, big moment for, I think, Jesse Paradise, right? And for, for another former Kelowna Rocket yeah. teammate. You know what I mean? Mark Stone, NHL All-Star. And he wasn't the only one, which was cool, wearing team issue. But in that same documentary, uh, Robin Leonard, um, he, you know, he he spoke about dealing with that. And and since then, he's followed not only me, but the Puck Support Foundation, which was, which was really cool. So um, I'll quickly let you jump back in there. But I think it was Robin Leonard. James, go ahead. Well, I think it just, I think it takes a, a, a lot of courage, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm inspired, I'm inspired by these guys, you know, in the NHL who are coming out and speaking about this too, even at the, 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 the goalie that I seen that talked about his uh, disorder in the NHL, he talked to the interviewer asked and said, you know, would you recommend other players come out and talk about this? And he said, no. And he said, because this, it, he did get a lot of negative feedback, you know, his, you know, and then if, if you're looking to renew your contract or it does have it, you know, it does have an effect or it, or it could have an effect. Um, so I get that. I get that it's, it could be challenging to, to come out, but I think, uh, you know, having the shift in culture where everybody's involved, um, being able to what we're seeing is a shift from call it the unhealthy masculine, you know, the macho masculine where you, you know, you don't show your feelings, you know, you don't show if you're hurt, you don't show it, you hide it, you know, you get, keep on going. And first off, I'm not against, you know, battling through adversity, pushing through pain, but there's a time and a balance. There's a, there's a time. It's not just numbing your emotions completely. That's where, you know, that's like the onsets of addiction where it's like numbing the emotions, numbing the the trauma, numbing the hurt with, with alcohol or drugs or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, to, to, to escape. And so when we, when we numb all these feelings, um, especially, our, you know, men talking about feelings, like here you and I are, you know, talking about feelings on a hockey podcast. And I think that's great because, when we really look at like, what are feelings when we go beyond that feelings are our communication from the soul. And if we're not listening to that communication, there's going to be consequences. So, um, you know, like everybody know has that intuition. Everybody has like a knowing within them where it's like, I know I got to do something. Everyone. And you know, our, our soul is always talking to us, you know, or we're, we're always getting direction, but is if we're listening and that's one of the beauties and amazing things about meditation, it's, it's not a, it's, it's about emptying the mind, emptying so you can connect to that intelligence as beyond your mind. And that a lot of the times connect, connects through feelings and, you know, feelings and emotions. And then, you know, learn for me, it's been such a journey after dealing with depression and, and, and mental health and how to cultivate mental health and learning the skills and tools 
on, you know, with a fluctuation of emotions on, on how to regulate emotions and, and how to, how to, um, how to maneuver them and, 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 and not let emotions and maybe now between emotions and feelings, I'm talking about two kind of different things, but, um, but not letting the emotion, um, control you, but learning how to, um, harness that, um, because emotion is very powerful, but it can also, emotion is something that can, you know, if it's used in a, in a negative way, can also destroy a lot of things as well too. So cultivating that skill has, has been one of my, uh, journeys, um, you know, even now it's, it's a, it's a practice and it's, and it's an art, you know, so that's that mental part, but I, I feel like that's so important and that can be learned at a young age and, um, to be able to become, you know, a master of your mind. And when you, when you become a master of your mind, you can, you know, everything else you can, you can master. So I think it's, a, um, and then, so that's emotions and with feelings, feelings is, you know, I'm, for, for me, the verbiage is a little bit different or the, the definitions are a little bit different. The feeling is like that gut knowing, that gut feeling, that, that intuition, that guidance. And so how can we, you know, get past emotion and get past like all the craziness in the mind to be able to listen to that um, internal guidance, that, that guidance that is uh, connected with an energy that's beyond our mind. And I think, um, I think that's the most important. I think that's when you start talking about spiritual health and not, I'm not talking about religion. You know, there's nothing wrong with um, religion and, and whatever religion someone chooses is, is okay. And if it's working, um, but I'm talking about spiritual, something universal that anyone can connect to. And that that's, that's about an energy and a force and a power that's greater um, than themselves. And um, that's what saved me. That's what saved my life. And that's what continues um, to cultivate a good life. And so I think that's number one. And, um, the more we can bring, bring that and, and they're all connected, you know, those three things, mind, body, spirit, um, are, are crucial for, for health. Absolutely. James, honestly, man, I think a lot of people, and I would have been one of them, uh, at some time, I think when, when people hear someone like you talk about um, things in that manner, uh, mind, body and spirit, um, meditation, um, a holistic approach, uh, a higher power, um, things of these nature. These are things that people don't understand. Typically, um, I, will, I will say generally speaking. Um, and my personal experience through life when, when not only myself, but mostly when other people don't understand a situation is it, it brings an onset of fear and um, fear and judgment. So I think, you know, um, you know, a lot of people uh, might listen to, to you talk or, or like a guy like Riley Cote talk and, and, and say, okay, well, you know, like, you know, that guy's sounds out of it or whatever, but it's like, now that I'm older, like, and, and I, I'm not thinking most people think this, but like, when I hear you talk, I like zone in, I listen. I'm like, okay, this guy's like, got it. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like he actually has something because he's taking a, a like seriously, a consciousness, like taking your life back and, and taking your consciousness back and, and looking around and going, okay, 
like we're here and and there's something more to 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 all of this and and that means something greater than myself and i think for a lot of people i think that's something that you know people have a really hard under under time understanding and i know i still do uh but i know for me in my recovery until i was able to let go of my own ways and my own thinking and realize that i do not know best and that i cannot follow my own lead uh, there was just no way there was just no way that i was ever going to get out of the places that i was in and so James, I, I want to say thank you because like honestly, I, I love it when when you talk or, or guys like Riley talk. And um I would just say before before I bring up the next point that you know when when you hear people like James talk, or if you go back and listen to guys like Riley Cote talk, and when you when you talk about you know using things like psilocybin or cannabis with intention and doing everything in the proper setting and and just meditation, like before you, you know have quick thinking or judgment thoughts on any of those things, whether it's because you think psilocybin is a drug or cannabis is a drug and that's your judgment, or you, you think, um, you know, meditations for crazy people or uh, blah, no, just take a breath and, and try to understand that maybe there's something and there's, I, I'll tell you, there's something to it all. And I just think, I would just wish that people would open up their, their minds a little bit uh, to just to, to being conscious like you said i think that and it's not easy to do james it's certainly not but before we get lost down that whole thing and, and we can talk about that for days but i want to say while i'm thinking about this so you were on episode five and we spoke about um you know the class action lawsuit that you brought up or brought to attention um with with some help of others uh but there was others before you that have um you know done similar things and certainly now since then uh guys have uh <laughs> guys have really uh stepped up and uh you know there's a whole bunch of more class action lawsuits um things of these nature however i will say james that i flip-flopped so many times in the last uh, I would say a few months and I will say right now, first off, I want to apologize to you. And I also want to apologize to anybody else that's always had this, the firm stance on it. But before I let you say anything, I just want to explain my stance on it. So, you know, James, like you, I was a, a warrior. I, I thought fighting was a big part of the game of hockey. And, uh, I just, I, you know, there was never a chance that you were ever going to get me to believe uh, that hockey uh, and fighting were ever going to have no part together. And, and, you know, I argued and then, you know, I argued that, you know, concussions don't happen from fighting and, you know, mostly from hitting. And that still might be the case. However, um, now that I've, you know, and I had some influence and I'll, I'll say it publicly, it's because my dad, he works for the Western Hockey League. He's like, yo, before you jump into things, just think it through because like, you know, we could piss people off and, 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 and really make some noise. And, and so that's kind of why I was flip-flopping. And then there were some other people I won't use their names. I'll just use my dad's. I'll sewer him a little bit. Uh, but that was just because, not because he was protecting himself. He would just wanted me to be sure before I, I made up my decision. And my dad will support me um, through anything that I'm doing. And, and that's great. So, um, you know, it's, 
you know, but I just, so I want to apologize to you. Um, but I will say to everybody listening that I have made a stance on this and I won't change on it is that something definitely needs to be done. And I want, I want to bring up, um, definitely the fighting. So I'm, I'm back on the class action lawsuit and I'm all for it. And there was different arguments that people heard me talk about in the past of why I was like, okay, well you, and you can bring it up about how I said, well, when you got concussed, did you take care of yourself or were you out partying with the boys? And, and I'll let you touch on that because me and you have talked about it, but I'll let you explain what you said to me here in a second. And then I was like, oh yeah, you know, you're so right. And um, it's just, when you're looking at fighting uh, at underage children in the Western Hockey League, the OHL, uh, the Quebec Major Junior, all the junior leagues across Canada that love fighting, um, I'm not sure which ones do and which ones don't. And, and and the CHL is the one that still allows three fights, guys, three fights before you're kicked out of one game. Okay. And you can get a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old fighting a 19 or a 20-year-old. If you do that on the street, you're going to jail. You're getting charged with assault. So where is the place for in hockey? Um, but James, just everything I said there, I just want to say sorry. Um, but listen, things need to change. Whether or not fighting is the main cause for concussions in hockey, we're still opening ourselves up to unnecessary violent blows to the head, especially when we're underage children. And then when it's all said and done, there's such a lack of support. So get rid of the fighting. James, go ahead. Leo, first off, there's I appreciate everything that you said, and I totally respect um, whatever decision that you made re regarding uh, the class action. And there's no apology needed. And I totally understand. Um, you know, there is a political part in hockey as well, too. And when there's people's jobs and livelihoods and and also reputations as well, too, it's um, as I said before, it, it was not an easy decision for me. And, um, you know, there's, there's been times within it where I'm like, oh man, this is, it's not, it's not always been easy to, 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 to hold that. But, um, the more that I come back to my center and, um, come back to what's true for me and I'm, I'm doing it for what I really think is going to be the best thing to, to bring a change that I feel strongly about. And, um, so again, no, you know, no apology and ever needed. And, um, I do appreciate, um, your support and, and understanding, um, with this. And I, I, I do agree that, um, you know, I, I, that fighting and violence in the game, um, needs to be phased out. And if you listen to, um, the, uh, say the owners and the, the people who have right now, right now have the control to vote it out. And what I mean by voting it out is making it a rule that if you fight automatic game misconduct, if it continues suspensions, that would pretty much eliminate fighting. It's, it, it's a really simple thing to do. And it just takes, you know, making that rule really similarly how when we were coming up, they really got cracked down on boarding and, and hitting from behind, even yeah. to the sense in, in minor hockey where the stop signs are at the back of the Jersey, because they're seeing that, you know, guys are getting paralyzed and there's um, concussions. And now the, uh, 
the awareness of even what punches to the head are doing is um is a lot more available now and guys that you know that lost their lives like um you know the three that happened in the summer like Rippin, Bugard and Belak that all had CTE and and all the other guys too and um that that needs to be really respected and it needs to be respected in a sense of taking full ownership and accountability on how how do we make this a a, a safer game while still having the spirit of hockey and what do i mean by the spirit of hockey i mean the hard work the determination the perseverance but can we have that without um without violence and when we really look at what like what what is this why why are we you know why are we allowing this and um i think uh with this class action you know again what it's my line my line in the sand and things were presented to me and i had to make a decision either to to walk away and say i no i'll just you know let let this change gradually come and you know but from what i was hearing i wasn't it was a lot of lip service so to say and not action where i seen every other junior league was starting to make misconducts right away but the uh the whl and the chl are, are still allowing three fights a game and the comments have generally been well um you know the role in the forcer isn't as prevalent now today and it's not even there but there's still hundreds and hundreds of fights in the whl a year so why not step up in the management and leadership roles um, of these leagues and say we're gonna we're gonna be on the right side of history here and protect players health just like cigarettes we know smoking causes disease cancer lung disease um you know in the 70s you're allowed to smoke in restaurants and i think in arenas i wasn't born then yet but i know there was a time when you could smoke in arenas i i heard and even on airplanes but if you did that now it, you'd be looked at like like this is crazy that's where we're we're headed with punching each other on the head and in hockey so it's uh it's been embedded in our culture and the lawsuit isn't here to point blame and saying to the owners that hey this is all your guys's fault or you know it's it's not but it's 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 a it's a line in the sand to the whole culture to say guys let let's make a stand together and make a change and you know what like that's with the information and everything that was brought to me that was that was the th- the, the 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 best thing that i thought that i could do and i knew that there was going to be ramifications and yeah that's not you know if you're putting a uh you know a lawsuit together or or heading a lawsuit with you know with against a league that you played for obviously the people in that league might not be too happy but um it's it's not it's not personal and even though how, how do you really separate personal i don't i don't have hate towards them i uh 
I have compassion for the game. I have compassion for others who have suffered and it's my way of, 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 of doing what I can do to make a change while I'm on this planet. And I know what I've, I know what I've been through and I, I, uh, you know, with, you know, with the depression, with, with the mental health, with also like the physical part of, of the injuries that are, that are tied in with concussions and, and, you know, having the education now on, uh, what that actually is. And so, um, really if, uh, my hope and my prayer is that this will make it a better game for the future generations and lead to, um, positive change and specifically eliminating violence from the game as best as we, as best as we can. And I think we have a moral responsibility as, as the owners in the league, as former players who have gone through it, if, you know, for me, I feel I have a responsibility uh, to to this planet to use my hardships and what I've learned and come out from to to make a difference. Because if I if I go back and say I had a son who was coming up in the league and I said, "Hey, I went through this," and I really believe, you know, in my heart that this this caused a lot of hurt, and no one ever really told me that, and there wasn't rules in place, and if I, you know, if this can bring that effect and that change to make, make it a better game that we're all going to have to adapt to. And, um, that that's really, that's really what this movement is about. And it's, uh, it's, I, I feel it's, it's, it's necessary. And I, uh, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to have, you know, conversation even with, with players or, or owners or anybody about that on, on, you know, on on how to do it but to me it's you know it's simple on how to do it it's simple you yet you, you change the rules automatic game misconduct and suspensions and you know all the other things that come to say well then you're going to get these cheap shots and there's there's so many so many different solutions for all these things to make it still a very entertaining um incredible game that you're not getting the cheap shots to crack down. There's so many different solutions. We need to think outside the box and, and, and get out of this glass ceiling of thinking that violence is the way to solve problems. Because if we're teaching that to the five-year-olds who are watching the game, you know, what kind of culture, what kind of world do we want to be living in? And, you know, the, the, the status quo of, you know, if you turn on the TV, it's, it's violence, you know, sex and alcohol, that are selling, you know, that are making profit. But do we really want that? Do we really want that for our kids? And I know you've been down a road. We both, you and I have both been into the darkness and, you know, thank God if we've, we've been able to walk out. And when we walk, walk out, you know, for me, it's my, I feel a responsibility to say to people who have been going down a similar path and say, don't go down this road. Like you don't need to. And if I had someone who, you know, you, you have those, the people who say, Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. And you're just like, kind of like, whatever, you haven't really been there. What do you know? But it's different. It's different when it's coming from someone who's been there, you know, someone who's been, you know, on the brink of suicide, someone who's been in addiction, someone who's been, been through that. And to say, this is where that leads. This is where getting punched in the head hundreds of times. This is not even the, the physical damage, but also the psychological damage. So 
I really think uh, violence is um, is toxic to our culture, is toxic to our our physical health, but also our psychological health. And I feel um, hockey is such a uh, important part of our culture in Canada, and for us to um, to up level it and to make it better, to make it better for everyone watching, and to make it uh, better for everyone playing. And I feel um, this is a step um, that can help that. And that's that's what my prayer and my my goal is with this. Well, I think you know, and and you and I have again talked about this, and it's goes back to what I was saying about, you know, me flip-flopping um, because it's like, well, maybe I want to coach him one day in the major junior. It's like, you know what? Like, you know, because I thought maybe I could make a big impact coaching, but you know what? Uh, I think we can make a bigger impact. And like you said, you made such a great point. We need to teach the kids. Like we grew up in an era and I'm not saying any, Thing about I love Don Cherry and I'm I'm still pissed that he got fired, but it's not his fault. It's just the way the culture was. But you know, rock 'em sock 'em and, and glorifying the fighting, and that's what we grew up on. So that was a big part of the game. And mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a, a great opportunity uh, for the for the rule makers of the game, uh, for the current players, and and most of all the owners. I think you know at the major junior level, like you know if you want to allow uh, some fighting at, at the pro level when, when guys are adults, because you know, it happens in the heat of the moment. Sure. But then maybe you got it. You got to kick them out or whatever, because that's the rules. Maybe you don't suspend them, but how can we be allowing underage children to be fighting? Not, not just fighting, but three times in one game, before being ejected, and that's not even being suspended. They could come back the next night and do it again three times, and the next night and do it again three times. And here we go, COVID nineteen, James. It poses uh, a pretty big issue for for junior hockey and and all of hockey um, that relies on fans to make money. So what does the junior? What are the junior hockey leagues going to do, James? What do we? What do they do? They go to the government. For the Quebec Major Junior, and I'll let you talk on this because you know more about it than I do, but fill us in uh, what what was proposed to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League uh, to bail them out uh, so that they can run their league without their fans. Well, the, the article that I've seen is that um, the, the Q, the Quebec Major Junior League, went and asked for $20 million of subsidy from the government because so they could play with no fans due to the COVID-19 the government from Quebec came back and said they want um, stricter rules on fighting to get um, fighting out of the WHL because there's there's really no place for it in our culture anymore and we need to grow past it. Um, so what ended up happening was it, the commissioner of the queue put together a vote to the board of owners and it wasn't even to, you know, the rules were still in my opinion, way too, way too uh, lenient, but was a 15 minute penalty versus a five minute penalty. And instead of being suspended after 10 fights in a season, you're suspended after, I think it was five. I, I, I could be off on the numbers a little bit. And in order for the vote to go through, to be passed, um, there had to be a minimum of 12 votes 
um, 12 votes in favor of the rule and they didn't get it. Um, I think it was 10, it was like 10 to eight. So they got majority, but not majority enough, which, um, and so then the, the, the government, the Quebec government said, well, we're not giving you the subsidy then. So, um, it sounded like the commissioner of the queue wasn't happy that the owners didn't, didn't vote in favor of it. Um, so I, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting, the political side, but it's, it's still, you know, it's still a little baffling that, uh, <laughs> that you're holding this strong on, on, onto fighting. And I, I, you know, I don't know if it's important to go into the, to the, you know, the reasons why or assuming why, but the point is that, you know, the people that are making the rules are, are, you know, not, not all on the, on the same page. And so I'm happy to see that the, you know, the government is, is, is holding strong against that. And I, I hope we see the same in, in the O and, and the dub. And I, you know, I hope, I hope that eventually these leagues um, will, will step up and take accountability and, and not by, you know, we're not, and I'm not here saying this is your fault or, you know, but I mean, taking accountability of saying, look, we're going to, we're going to take some responsibility here and make this a, make this a better, a safer game and el- eliminate fighting with teenagers on the ice and we're going to make it uh, a game misconduct and suspensions and which is, you know, let's get serious here. NCAA is already doing it. I think every other junior league in the world is probably doing it. And, but for some reason, the whole CHL is having a problem doing it. You know, politically it can be the ties with the NHL, but the fact is you have 16 year olds and 20 year olds who are able to drop their gloves, still square off. Like I've seen fights from last year where they're still squaring off and you have adult referees who are watching it and say, okay, we'll go let them go. You know, like what's the protocol? Let's go let them, they'll only get punched in the face 10 times before we jump in or let's just wait. Okay. I think that's a concussion. Let's jump in now. Like the gloves are off, grab the player, break up the fight. Like we need, you know, we need to get, we need to get past it. You know, we need to, it's, it's, it's time. It's time for a change. And, I don't, uh, yeah, we don't, it, we don't need, we don't, we don't need to see any more brains with CTE, you know, it, it's crazy. And I just, I, I'll pull up the picture quick. I just put it up. So this just came out on, this is just off. I literally just pulled this off while you were talking. This is on the hockey news website. Just came out nine hours ago by a friend of mine, Ken Campbell, senior writer from the hockey news. So there's actually a video guys there. So when you're done watching uh, episode 54 of hockey to heroin road to recovery featuring obviously my good friend james McEwen and i uh, head over there check it out i also guys posted it uh in the comments uh right there is the uh the article guys that james is talking about or at least one of them that's the one from ken campbell so you know i i agree james like this is um something needs to change like here are the owners uh the the rule makers in the in one of the greatest ho- junior hockey leagues in the world which is attached to the greatest hockey league in the world uh junior hockey league in the world the, the Canadian Hockey League but we have the Quebec Major Junior League looking for uh a 
government bailout because they're worried they're not going to be able to to make you know pay the bills and the government says no problem but this is what we want you to do uh we want you to to enforce some rules based upon fighting because listen it's 2020 um here we are with clear significant research um that concussions have a severe effect uh, on our mental health and, and long-term effects that we don't even know and fighting definitely fighting at the ages of 15 to 20 when we're in brain development uh, with repeated head trauma that's actually encouraged uh, how how are they not jumping on that never mind because they need the money but because they want to look out for the the players best interest and future generations best interest no other sport has fighting except for professional fighting that's it yeah okay so do do we rely uh on fighting to to provide all the entertainment in hockey absolutely not absolutely not hockey is at such a pinnacle with skill and speed right now uh and that again is is another reason for concussions but repeated head trauma for for children bare knuckle fighting like when i think about it now at 33 years old james um and i used to fight a lot just like you man not quite as much as you but lots my head still hurts man i was just playing hockey this past weekend i just took a little thing and it doesn't take much for my head to even just and the depression and stuff like james like what can we do man and why do you think uh maybe we don't even need to ask why do you think they didn't jump on that money but like what's it gonna take man you know there's a power and persistency and you know i heard one of your videos and what you're doing with uh puck support and how you said you know you're not gonna stop you're not gonna stop and i i believe that you know good will prevail and this isn't about making anybody an enemy you know uh, and even though there's a lawsuit i, I don't i don't look at them at, at as a you know as an opponent but i look at as, us as a culture we're, we're in it together and um it's gonna happen you know it's it's gonna happen and whether it's from, you know from the lawsuit from these podcasts from protests from people speaking up eventually it's going eventually it's going to happen but we you know we got to be persistent and not not give up not and and not lose our voices and our truth and and get to you know and be distracted but you know staying firm in our in our truth and you know the truth may change with different information but if you always come back and you're, 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 you're guided by that. And that's, that's where, where I do my best is to, is to make my decisions, um, from there. And the times that I sway from there, it causes, you know, it causes a lot of, you know, suffering and it doesn't, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to stay and bring that forth, but you know, what you're doing with, with the podcast, with the pucks support foundation, um, coming out and, and sharing, these stories and a new wave of thinking, a new consciousness is emerging. You know, we're seeing the, the, the Black Lives Matters movement um, in the States all over the world. We're seeing 
how unacceptable racism is. We're seeing how it's still been accepted and still been happening in, in lots of parts of the world. And, you know, people are speaking up. People are, 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 are bringing change. So it's happening in a lot of different realms. And we're living in such, a, such an intense time in the world with there, there's change at every end, but it's also a very potent time for change. And to know that we have the power to change Leo, you've changed your life from being on the streets to almost being dead to being addicted to drugs. And, you know, we've seen a picture of Jamie Ben standing playing for the Stanley cup finals. You know what? Seeing you here with your banner behind you, all the guests that you've had from you, that's, just as powerful and maybe it's not all the lights and glamour but i have so much respect for you just like i have respect for for luke shed and jamie ben for all the work it took for them to get there no one will know all the work it's taken for you to get there and continue to stay there and same same goes for myself i know what it what it's take and it's took for me and continues to um and we got to understand that it's persistence and not to give up. And when you believe something's true in your heart and it's going to make um, the world a better place, it's going to protect lives. When we really look at it, what, what is it for? It's for protecting lives and that will win that that will win and it will come out on top. And persistence is my favorite word uh, in the English dictionary. And, uh, the other word that I like is is uh, a word from the Bible, it's a dikaio sign, which means uh, righteousness. Um, before we uh, wrap it up in the next 10, 15 minutes, uh, I think there's um, uh, there might be a few questions um, or comments. Uh, we have... Uh, we have uh, Rob Fred that says, Hi, Jim. Keep up the good fight for all the CHL alumni out here today fighting for our kids behind us along with our alumni brothers struggling today. Uh, chronic pain can ignite depression and anxiety. Not learning to control chronic pain can lead many of us down a dark path. Love you guys. Hashtag sick, not weak. Um, and... Uh, Rob also says transition is key to recovery. Once we retire, if we miss these two key components, then the hill battle it looks like there's uh, some more that I, that I can't get to here, but uh, Barry Shelley also says, I know it's hard as a fan to say this and I know what goes on in the game and there are, uh, times when something happens and a player has to defend themselves, but think we have come a long way since the 70s when fighting was in just about every game. Sorry, we, we just we, we cut out a little bit. Did you what did you, I, I got the two comments from Rob and the fan? And what, what, what did you say after that, Leo? Oh, well, yeah, just Barry, Barry Shelley was just saying, you know, he's just basically saying that we've come a long ways since the 1970s. That he, he's concerned that there's gonna be times. Uh, when players still need to stick up for themselves. And I think before you say anything, I think that's uh, that's a given. But, you know, quickly before you say anything, I think just let's focus on Major Junior. What do you, what do you say, James? I agree. I think uh, it, it has come a long way in the 70s. Thank God. 
and I think we we can still do even better. And um, I think it, we can we can put things in place where we're not having to use violence to stick up for ourselves. And you know, really, that's such a primal last resort thing to do. And you know, if you're defending your life or your family's life, and you got to use violence, by all means, sometimes you know that that could be you know necessary if you're protecting your life. But I mean, we're talking about a sport and a game that um, that I, I really believe there, there's a there, there's a better way, and we can make it, we can make it better without losing our dignity, and, and we can stick up. Uh, we can have uh, whether it's whether it's rules and a culture and a moral standard from the players, the referees and the fans and the culture. And we have, when we have that standard of consciousness and that moral standard, um, I think that is going to be the most powerful way to stick up for us as a culture, as players and, and everybody involved. And um, I just wanted to, to uh, shout out to, to Rob, Rob Fred. I've, uh, I've seen some of his stories um, on the internet and um yeah, a lot of respect for for uh, Robin and his journey. And I um, uh, appreciate your comments and your support on here. Yeah, Rob, Rob's a great friend to me since since we've connected. We we speak every day, and he's been a big uh, big support uh, for, not just for me, but for the foundation as well, and guys like Ashley Langdon and and others. Uh, but James, we'd like to see you right there involved with the Puckspor Foundation, and like. You know, we're going to have to like, you know, I've taken the time uh, over the past, you know, few, you know, months really to really, um, really, you know, think things through uh, before making decisions. And like I flip flopped on my podcast a little bit on my stance because, you know, the old school uh, fighting mentality was still in my me and then, you know, some different influences. But in my heart, it always I always felt like something needed to change and it's not just um fighting and, and the concussions in the game there's so many other things and i think that just comes uh through education um i was actually able to find james sorry i'm gonna have to keep you a few more minutes there's there's a there's a, a, a whack load of uh comments here um if there's, que- if, if there's questions Leo, i'm happy to answer too and I, I was just thinking too it's like you know I know you've had some some guys like Lauren Fry, great great guy, you know the the head scout and assistant GM of the Rockets on the on the podcast, and you know if if I I just want to say I'm open to have conversations with uh, with with owners with 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 management, um, and if that's on here or if that's privately, um, really I'm open to talk to find to find solutions and to support into in bringing to bringing healthy change and i'm you know um you know i i have res- a lot of respect i love the game and i i you know i'm 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 just putting that out there that you know i'm here i'm i'm uh i'm available to talk and to uh to find so to find solutions together i have something what i think is a simple solution and it seems like it's maybe not so simple i'm i would love to hear um straight up you know, what, uh, you know, what, what their stance is and why it's so hard to make the, make these shifts. And, um, so, um, but I'd also love to hear from, I know the support and the the fans and the people that you have, and I'm happy, happy to answer questions as well. 
Yeah, well, Ashley Langdon uh, says, what should we do about players that have been sexually abused by their coaches or billets? Um, and I'd like to add into that, what can we do um, just to make sure that, you know, one, that we try to make sure that never happens, but two, in the tragic cases that does happen, that these these players uh, feel empowered um, so that maybe in those 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 moments of weakness that they can either one stand up and say, no, that's not okay. Or two, if it happens, they can say, come to somebody and, and, and feel comfortable sharing uh, in absolute confidence and in absolute strength uh, to know that it's, that it's okay to come forward and say, Hey, this happened. What can we do, James? Yeah. I, I second that everything that you said there to, to, to speak out right away to someone that's safe. Um, with, no matter no matter who it who it is or who's involved, you need to speak out, and you need to speak out to, um, you know. First off, to someone who can you know that so that behavior stops. If it's a billet, you need to be out of there, and you need to talk to either your coach or the police or your parents or someone so that 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 behavior stops, and um, and. Yeah, I say I second everything you said. I don't think I need to say say more, but definitely speak out and, and find support. There is support out there, and you know you're you're not alone. There's people that can help, but um, um, to step out and and, and speak up and 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 find find that help. That's right, and I think too, like you know, uh, I'll speak for the Puckspore Foundation, right? It's it's a big part of it. There's so many uh, different aspects about the Puck Support Foundation um, that just, you know, we need to continually build. And, and I mean, we need to walk before we run here. Um, but I mean, listen, like getting out uh, in the communities and teaching these kids at a young age um, that, you know, certain things should happen and, and certain things shouldn't happen. And when the things that, that shouldn't happen um to empower them and, and teach them to speak out and i think you know getting out there you know i really envision the puck sport foundation hitting the ground uh, and being all across not just canada but the states north america and that doesn't just mean me all across i mean like building teams so that the puck sport foundation is literally everywhere it's almost like a franchise but not a for-profit franchise it's like everywhere uh, that hockey is because everywhere that hockey is that's where people like people are there and everywhere people are problems are mental health, addiction, different things. And we identify as hockey players. And I really just think that we could do a better job, um, you know, just bringing that conversation, James. And I think, you know, I just want to, I speak for a lot of players and I know there's certain players that probably don't like the conversation we're having. Uh, we're not going to be uh, fan favorites to everybody because people are so, so enthralled with fighting and then like they love it like there are people out there that only want to watch hockey for fighting and i will say to those people you're not really a hockey fan then and, and you don't appreciate or understand the game uh and the level of skill commitment and all of it um and, and i really just think like you talked about in smoking and just we have we come a long ways we don't smoke in buildings anymore and there was a comment um actually there was a guy let me i don't want to butcher it all i want to say who it was for sure. I think it was Barry Shelley that said uh, back in the day, he, they were smoking uh, in, in the, the ranks when he was watching in the 70s. So when you were talking about it, so you know what I mean? The, the evolution of, of the world, that has to include 
hockey and and that come on like people need to wake up and until we all get on the same page or at least the vast majority and start really changing it and bringing it into the younger generation in the culture of the game i really don't see anything changing um is there anything else james that you want to touch on bef- before we get going here yeah well what one thing um you know, maybe we could set something up sometime talking about giving t- tools, like teaching tools, even like meditation, talking about some of the things that, that you've done. I'd love, you know, I love sharing the, the tools that work for me, that, uh, that have worked, that are legit, saved my life. And some of those are meditation, are, you know, lifestyle changes. And I think that's important to get, get, uh, get out there. But that, I think that's definitely for another time. And, you know, with, um, the platforms that we have, like with infinite ice, and I'll be putting more on social media out so people can come in and get those tools, um, to that, 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 that they can integrate. And, uh, but you know what, lastly, I'd, I'd like to, sh- I'm going to share a story that kind of goes with what we we're saying with making these shifts and these changes. Cause what, uh, what we're talking about, we're talking about making positive change and shift. And there's a story, um, it's called the hundred monkey story. Have you ever heard the hundred monkey story? I haven't. Okay. So it, there is, there is these, uh, these monkeys that lived like thousands, like 30,000 plus or something monkeys. And they lived on these islands off, off of Japan. It was like coastal Japan. And there's islands, there's, you know, half a dozen or so islands or, or more that were, they weren't connected, but they were near each other. And there are all these monkeys that lived on these islands. And, uh, these these islands were actually, they're infected with radiation because they were nuclear bomb testing sites so that the U.S. used for years. And so these monkeys were getting sick when they're eating the fruit from the trees because it had radiation poisoning. And so they were losing their hair and they're dying early. So what the, the scientists did is they took, uh, they took um, one monkey or a few monkeys and they taught these monkeys how to wash their fruit. And... Um, so the monkeys that washed their fruit actually washed some of the radiation away. So they were healthier. They didn't lose their hair uh, as much. And they were living longer, like noticeably longer than these other monkeys. So they took these ten, um, one monkey, 10 monkeys, they put them back on, on the island. And some of these other monkeys seen these monkeys washing their fruit. And they started teaching the other monkeys how to wash their fruit. And the monkeys that were learning to wash their fruit were living longer. They were healthier. All the others were still dying and losing their hair. And... Um, being affected by the radiation so there's like you know say 10 30,000 monkeys that were you know still in uh getting affected and sick the 10 turned into 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 but all the rest were still sick at all, on all the islands and the 50 60 70 80 90 and all of a sudden boom 100 monkeys there's something like about the, the 100 monkey there's a certain a, you know a small percent but there is this tipping point and the tipping point happened after the hundredth monkey learned how to wash the fruit. Then all of a sudden, every monkey on that island, but not only that island, but every island that was that had the monkeys on it, they all started to wash their fruit. They all started, whether they are taught or not, they just started doing it. And so what that what that shows is the power of collective consciousness, the power of when a small group starts getting together and making these positive shifts. When we start, you know, washing our fruit, start living a different way and, and taking these different actions. 
And it can seem like how are we going to teach 30,000 monkeys who are, you know, not even connected, but there's a power in collective consciousness um, in unseen forces. And that, um, that when we take these actions and make these steps, um, change, change will happen. So if we relate that to um, the hockey world and, and in even the world in general, um, don't give up, don't give up and keep being the example, you know, what Gandhi said, being the change you want to see in your life and making a stand for good and taking that action and more people start to gather. And when it's, uh, when more people start to gather in that collective consciousness, just like in a game, that momentum builds and that energy builds. And it's just like you step into that arena, you step into that dress room and you feel the electricity, you feel that and you're just encapsulated by it. And you might not even ever met these people or seen these players play before, but just like, holy smokes, what is this? You feel it. Well, we have that power. We have that power when we create that collective consciousness of a movement. And, you know, you're a part of it, Leo. Uh, you're part of bringing a, a, a change in consciousness when you're by having these conversations. So, you know, the players that are stepping up and telling their stories and bringing positive change from the fans who are sharing their voice and, 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 and being supportive in it from the coaches, from the owners, from the players, from the parents who, who, who are part of this change. There's a wave of consciousness right now that is hitting the planet and every culture is, is being affected by it. And it's affected on every level. And, and hockey is a huge part of our Canadian culture and it's being affected of it as well. And we're in it together and there's a rise in consciousness coming. So um, it's a wave and we, and, and, and we can keep the momentum going by bringing that, su that, that support, that brotherhood that's in hockey from players like, like Rob Fred, who I've not, haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet in person, but hear his support. I feel his support through this technology and guys like Riley Cote and, and, you know, Dan Carcillo and, and guys who are coming up and speaking up about change. There's a brotherhood. In, in this hockey world that that goes and touches beyond every um, to every part of the world, you know, the, the, the mountaintop of the, uh, of the hockey world is one realm, but it's interconnected to the, all the other realms of the world. So as we clean up our own backyard, we clean up our own lives and we can have a positive effect. We, we can make the world a better place and don't ever let somebody tell you that you can't because you're a living example of transformation. You continue to be every podcast that you do. And, and, and there's so many other people who have come out of depression, come out of mental health, come out of sexual abuse, and they've been persistent. They've been persistent in their healing. And if the same goes on a collective level, bringing change um, to to social structures, social structures, change to cultures, uh, we need to bind together as as brothers and know that our voice and our actions do matter. And when we're aligned in love, when we're aligned in truth. There's nothing that we can't do. Well said, man. And uh, it's always a, a great privilege whenever I get to talk to you. And, and I think everyone's uh, really going to enjoy uh, the episode. And I think, too, if anyone's enjoyed this one, go back and, and listen uh, to episode number five. Because in the, in the first episode that you were on, we talked much more about your hockey career. And, and people do like to hear about those stories about the fighting and about your Breaking into junior hockey, you told some really cool stories in, in episode five about having to fight some of the guys. And that, again, is is part of the, the, the culture that we're trying to change. And, and so that guys don't have to deal with that, those stresses and anxiety. There's already enough pressure and, and stress that we don't need 
uh, the, the stress and pressures of fighting and, and uh, getting beat up and embarrassed in front of thousands of people is because that's a, that was the reality of our lives. And that was just a small, small part of it. And um, I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I'm glad that uh, you and I are on the same team again through, uh, through this, uh, through making change through the puck sport foundation, James. But I think, you know, we, um, we're both prepared and we're very, you know, uh, aware that, you know, not everyone is going to like uh, what we're doing, but I hope everybody uh, can understand that, you know, we're doing this for the right reason. And before you jump in and say anything that you want to say bye or anything, but, um, you know, people, I've heard people say, you know, uh, oh, there's guys like that get involved in, in class action lawsuits like this because they weren't good enough to make it to the NHL or they never made it to the NHL. Well, damn right. That's why we're involved in this class action lawsuit because we have no fucking support like the guys that fr- played in the NHL. So we worked our whole lives to get there and weren't far off. But because we were this far off, we're left with no support, even though we have very much the same scars because in many cases guys play just as long in minor leagues and if you're playing in north america in the coast or in these it's in some cases a lot tougher and a lot more dangerous and especially more fighting than the nhl james so um i'm glad we're on the same team man thank you so much for for leading the charge i, I think it was in jail when when you were in launched the class action lawsuit. So thank you, man. Uh, I'm so proud and honored to call you a friend and, and I'm glad that we've been able to reconnect and listen. Um, look forward to uh, actually getting together again, which I know we will soon um, for all the right reasons. Like, listen, guys, that's why I do everything. I know I know James. James is like the one of the best guys I ever met. Best team is our most pure, genuine, nicest guy, even though he was the one of the toughest usually the case, the toughest are usually nicest and most pure, uh, biggest hearted guys. And, and that's certainly the case with you, James. So thanks again for doing this, man. Episode 54, James McEwen, wild thing. <laughs> thanks so much, Leo. It, it's awesome to be on here. And um, man, so, so proud of you, man. And happy to see you doing these podcasts and to see that smile on your face and to, and to be spreading a message that, that, that you believe in. And, um, yeah, such, a, such an honor to be on this podcast, uh, with you today. And, um, I'm looking forward to what the, what the future holds. And like we talked about on the phone last night, the warrior spirit never dies. And I want, you know, everybody to know that the warrior spirit is a beautiful thing. And now it, 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 instead of channeling the warrior spirit through violence, it's channeling the warrior spirit to make a stand, you know, for, for love, to make a stand for health, to make a stand um, for peace. And I think in, in that, that that is what enforcers, you know, at heart have. But now we're finding a better way to, um, to move through that. And um, so, again, Leo, your warrior spirit shines, shines through in this. And uh, it, it inspires the spirit within me, you know, and with, with so many people. So thank you for um, what you're doing and thank you for, you know, doing the work to, to stay healthy and, and being able to, to spread a message that inspires people. So it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me back on. And, um, yeah, I look forward to our conversations more, how we can, uh, how I can support your causes and, and support, uh, you know, other people coming up as well too. So thanks so much, Leo.
That's awesome. Hey, listen, before we go, uh, where can, because uh, listen, if anyone is in, uh, you know, Terrace next summer, I'm not sure what you're doing uh, right now. Um, but here is, this is the link uh, to your Facebook page. Uh, guys, check it out, Infinite Ice, because he doesn't, you're, you're on ice like is a huge thing, but he teaches meditation and all that good stuff that I talk about, the holistic side, the, the stuff that kids really need to be learning so that, you know, it's part of hockey, but it's just part of being a good person and, and, and filtering out into the real world. So, James, thank you so much for all of that. You know, we didn't talk about that again. We'll have to do that next time you're on. But, guys, Infinite Ice, guys, um, check it out. Um, where can we find it, James? Uh, we, we have Facebook and Instagram, uh, infinite ice hockey. And, um, yeah, we have, we have a, a camp, uh, in Northern BC terrace. We have a camp in Kamloops and, uh, we're, we're likely going to have a camp in Kelowna this year as well in the summer. Uh, there's also a couple of winter camps that we're going to be having, uh, one in terrace this year. And, uh, we're, we're, we're going to be launching, um, an in season and off season, uh, mentorship program that's about to roll out. So, infiniteice.com and um on facebook infinite ice hockey uh same with instagram there too and we'll have more uh content that you can you can just tune into as well with uh um, that's going to be rolling out and um so yeah if there's any um you know with with, with hockey players uh, who are listening right now um we you know we we teach uh the on ice skills development, we have, co- you know, it's not just myself. I have a team of people that I work with and uh, who teach, you know, top notch skill development training and then teaching the meditation, the nutrition and, you know, bringing in, in the mentorship programs, customized plans that are holistic um, to really support players on and off the ice um, long term sustainably. So, um, yeah, thanks for the shout out there, Leo. And um, you can also find me uh, on my uh my Instagram, uh, James J McEwen, uh, on Instagram and, and same on, on Facebook as well too. And so, yeah, thanks again, Leo, for having me on. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to, uh, to, to staying connected with you, buddy. Yeah. Like I said, man, you're, uh, you're welcome guest anytime. My chocolate labs walking through, pulling, pulling cords down, pulling my stuff <laughs> down. Um, but buddy, um thank you uh thanks so much um james j McEwen, aka ed uh episode um 54 uh hockey to heroin the road to recovery um big thanks uh to james McEwen. oh i'll bring you back james McEwen. thank you, thank you. <laughs> um guys thank you so much for watching live, if you took it in, sorry for the, the crappy internet quality, guys. Um, working on that, hopefully fiber optic optic gets up to Muskoka soon. But listen, before I go, um, there's a couple things uh, that I need to just touch on um, that I didn't touch on in the intro and, and things that I, uh, that I often talk about, guys, and it's... Uh, you know, I got to talk about uh, the Puck Support Foundation a little bit. And uh, guys, the Puck Support Foundation is is not a joke. It's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know exactly what the answer is, guys. But 
something has to be done. Something absolutely has to be done um, because too many people have lost their battle with mental health and addiction uh, in the hockey community. Um, like guys like Matthew Lazinski, um, who of course is uh, the reason why I started the Puck Sport Foundation. And I, I talk about this all the time, guys, and I have it in my, it's not upside down, thank God, the plaque. You can't see it, but it's inscribed in memory of Matthew Lazinski. Um, you know, we need money. We need people to get involved. Um, people reach out to me every single day, guys, um, looking for help and guidance resources. And I do my best to provide them uh, with like everything that I can. Uh, I talk to absolutely everybody as often as I can, but time is limited. I have young kids. I have kids that I'm trying to connect with again. Plus my girlfriend Taylor's very, very pregnant. She's going to pop any day. Uh, the due date is October 24th. Um, so I'm busy, but I still, I still do my very best to connect with everybody. Um, but there's other guys that are involved like Ashley Langdon, Rob Frid that are available too. I'm sure James McEwen, like you heard him, uh, he wants to, to be involved and I'd love to get him involved with, the. Uh, holistic side and teaching meditation and, and that sort of stuff. We're, we're going to do retreats up here in Muskoka guys. Um, I'm actually looking at renting a cottage or two right up here on the lake that I live on. So literally like 30 seconds from where I am right now, because these people don't come up here in the winter. It's their summer place. And I'm already looking at building like three outdoor rinks on the lake that I live on coaching camps, uh, doing definitely a three on three tournament. Um, and part of that three on three tournament guys is going to be a, uh, para hockey, uh, also known as sled hockey, sledge hockey back in the day. Um, and when we're really going to try to make it happen, uh, going to try to do it this year with COVID-19, it might be difficult, but, um, everything guys, um, is, it needs to happen. We need to raise awareness and money for the Pucksport foundation. And if you, you know, want to get involved, email us team at pucksupport.com. Uh, check out the website, www pucksupport.com um you know there's not really much there i build all the websites right now um hopefully there's sounds like some people are getting involved to really take this thing to the next level which is great i'm so pumped um but i do want to remind everybody that the pucksport foundation gratitude crusade is uh going on right now um Essentially, it's just being grateful, um, but it's just to raise money and awareness for the Pucksport Foundation because we're getting in the middle of getting incorporated. It costs money, lawyers, um, trademark fees. It just never seems to end. Um, marketing materials, website costs. I wish I had the money to fund it. I just don't. I put out my money already. I will continue to put out my money. Um, but listen, the GoFundMe page, we're over $2,000 already. So thank you so much to everybody who's donated to the Pucksport Foundation Gratitude Crusade in memory, in memory of Matthew Lazinski. Every dollar uh, raised is in memory of Matthew Lazinski, who was an OHL hockey player. If you don't know, he was, he was born in 1987, the same year uh, as uh, James McEwen and myself. He played in the OHL for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. You hear me talk about it all the time, and I will continue to talk about it all the time. 2017 he lost his battle with mental health and addiction to a fatal overdose um, in 2017 i think i overdosed four or five times it could have been me um could have been me on this plot and matthew lazinski is not alone there's so many 
Our database is continually sadly growing, guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm building a page on the website right now that should be on the next month of all the people we've lost. Men and women, boys and girls, minor hockey right through junior and pro. It's really sad. The numbers are a lot higher than you'd believe. So guys, I'm gonna post a link to the GoFundMe page. If you can afford $5, you can take a little bit less for yourself. Don't go to Tim Hortons, don't go to Starbucks. Donate $5 to the Bucksport Foundation. Every dollar raised right now is so crucial so that we can get incorporated, so that we can go after large donors, so that we can go after government grants, so that we can really make a difference. So if you are one of the people, thank you so much. We've had so many great donations, like several. Um, if you're one of them, you're, you're, you're a builder of the Bucksport Foundation. When this thing gets off the ground, thank you. Thank you. You're saving lives. Even if it's $5. If you can't afford $5, I understand. Not too long ago, I couldn't afford $5. Seriously, right now, I can barely afford $5. But I know that I can take that $5 and it's not affecting my life. I'm not going to go without if I donate $5 to the Pucksport Foundation, or if it's not the Pucksport Foundation, I challenge you to donate to another great cause because there's so many others out there. This is just the one that I feel I can make the biggest contribution in. It's the hockey community, it's mental health, it's addiction, it's many other things. It's not just hockey players, it's hockey coaches, parents. We want to build it for the entire hockey community. We need you to get involved. But listen, if you can't afford five dollars or ten or fifty or hundred whatever it is please can you share can you press share can you tell people about the Puckstar foundation maybe you know somebody that would like to donate maybe you know a lawyer that would like to help us cut the cost of incorporation maybe you know somebody that you feel could help maybe you could help maybe you don't feel that you could help but i know you could everybody watching this right now can make a difference in the Pucksport Foundation. And if you don't think it's the Pucksport Foundation, I know you can make a difference somewhere. So go out there, make a difference, seriously. People need help, people need support. And in doing so, you'll find that service work and giving back is really the greatest gift you can give to yourself. Well, giving the greatest gift to others. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, it's very, very like simple but it gets lost because we get busy and just very convoluted. Our lives just get crazy. And uh, look at, this is almost a two hour podcast. It's the longest podcast I've had. Um, I'm still going. You know, James and I talked about a lot of things today. There's still many more that we need to talk about. I'm sure he's gonna be on my podcast another 10 times, hopefully one time live, uh, where he's here, you know, for the, the three on three tournament or whatever it is. Uh, the retreat that we're gonna have like i'm telling you we're putting these retreats together guys where guys will come up here we can we can skate on the pond and stuff but it's not just about hockey it's about while you're here educating and, and just learning about yourself and like james talked about meditation visualization holistic approach like we're working with first start therapy and james gardner and we're putting together a program um and this is this is happening and like ultimately first one is gonna be for like myself and then the people that are initially in the Bucksport Foundation that so that we can build it and, and build our team and bring ourselves together and be like, wow, this retreat's pretty cool. And we can start offering it to other people and, and doing really wonderful things. And 
No, I've also, I just want to say, I've also started Puck Sport Hockey, which is um, just like an actual business, but I don't make money on it. Uh, just so it's a business so that when we're coaching hockey on the lake this winter, um, you know, when guys are coaching, so if, you know, if I'm coaching or other guys are coaching, we can pay them an hourly wage, but all the profits get kicked back into the foundation. So it's just beautiful. So people like coaches, so if I'm coaching, I can still make a living, but any of the profit goes back to the foundation. It's just awesome. The counting, the counting, our accountants have setting it all up. It's just it's way beyond me. I have no, no, uh, no control over the money. Um, and uh, I really don't even want to. So guys, listen, seriously, uh, I hate asking for money. It's so weird. It makes me feel awkward, but I'm not asking for myself. Um, I don't need anything. Like really, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like <laughs> I have very little, but I have so much today. Um, clean and sober. Yes, I use cannabis, uh, but I'm not using hard drugs. And uh, I'm on the path to recovery, my own recovery. And, have a chance to get my kids back in my life. It's just amazing. So listen, to everybody that's continued to support my journey, and if you watch live or if you listen on the Hockey Podcast Network, thank you. Um, thank you so much. Um, I truly appreciate it. I'm so grateful. There's just no words. I know I sound like a broken record. I say it all the time. Um, I just don't know how else to say it. I'm just not that smart. So what I'm going to do right now, guys, um, I have a, a Patreon site. So this is a way for me, um, you know, people, cause people have been unbelievable to me. People want to give to the Bucksport Foundation, but they don't get messages and they're like, that's great. We want to donate to the Bucksport Foundation, but we want to give to you. So I get like, people want to send me money and it just makes me feel really awkward and uncomfortable. And then I feel ungrateful that I want to take it. And it's just like, oh, I just don't like it. So I set up a Patreon site. Okay, guys. So if you go to patreon.com, um, slash hockey to heroin. Um, you can go there and it, you know, gives you an opportunity, um, you know, to, to support me if you'd like by, you know, there's different tier systems, like a five, $5 a month subscription, 10, 20. Um, and in doing so it allows me to be able to give you guys something back. Um, and the first thing that I got from my patrons is these, and I've already sent them off signed pictures so at least i signed picture uh to david carlson and brenna lira leary and my auntie lee chris chuck um your pictures have been signed and mailed um i have several um so you know as well i'm gonna get pictures signed from my guests and, and we'll get team issued gear uh and all that fun stuff so if you want to support me guys patreon.com slash hockey to heroin that is how you can support me directly. And I promise I'll make it worth your while. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Huge, huge, huge thanks to my good buddy, who I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, but man, it's like we, we haven't missed a beat. Uh, my good buddy, longtime friend, former captain, James Ed McEwen. Uh, that's his dad's name. We used to call each other by our dad's first names in Kelowna. Uh, James, thank you for joining me on episode 54 of Hockey Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Before I go, the last thing I want to say is I want to give a very special shout out to uh, our friend Noah up in North Bay, guys. Um, dealing with a blood clot right now. Uh, I'm not 100% sure uh, what the status is at this moment. 
Uh, but can we please give our thoughts and prayers to our buddy Noah up in North Bay, part of the Noah, or sorry, part of the North Bay Trappers Hockey Association. He's a hell of a little hockey player. Uh, we want to send him our, our greatest thoughts and prayers, buddy. We're fighting with you, not only me, but the Pucksport Foundation and everybody at the Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery family, guys. Hope you all have a great Wednesday. If you didn't, you still have time. Change it. It's up to you. Remember, have a great day. If you so choose. <laughs>